Lord will bless his word this morning. Okay, take your Bible with me this morning and turn to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. I sat there all week long, and I, I tell you, this is just a, when you, when you get to take some time off and you sit and you hear the gospel and you enjoy the fellowship and friendship that you have, it just it made it made it tough to get back into the swing of things. I sat there long and hard thinking about what to preach, and I just I never really I got I got three messages started. I got introductions to three. You know, that's that's a book there, Ray. You got three introductions written, <laughs> but I never could get the body of them completed. And so I began to search around as to what I wanted to preach, and yeah. You know, Sometimes the Lord allows us to go through things in our own lives uh, that draw us back to these all-important truths of where our comfort and our security is at. I think one of the hardest things for me to deal with as a justified sinner is the reality of who and what I am. I have to live with me. My wife lives with me, but I have to live with me every day. Uh, An incident happened this week. Uh, our internet went out, and uh, we lost internet for almost uh, almost two full days. And uh, your pastor about lost his mind. <laughs> and I'll, you know, I, I'm a worst case scenario guy. I always have been. You know, I I'm already thinking that they're gonna have to dig the world up, and you know that it's never gonna work again. And we had no internet and had no phone service we had no nothing and I was just I I went upstairs one point and I actually found myself almost in tears actually I was in tears over it. you know like it was like it was a life or death matter without internet you know I, I should have thought back when when that tornado came through here that time we were without tv and internet for a week and it didn't bother me as much as what two days of being without internet brought and, and the thing is, it affects everything. When, when things get in your mind and in your heart and in your understanding, it just it destroys everything about you. It brings you to the point that you, you, you think things and say things and do things that Satan and your own conscience make you wonder, how in the world could I be a child of God? How could I be a child of God? Thank God it doesn't depend on us, ever. I've entitled this message this morning, Peace, Peace. Peace, Peace. It's one of, I think this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Well, I needed that this week. <laughs> Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah, listen to this, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. That's what we need. 
That's what your pastor knew. That's what we seek to preach from this pulpit. Every time that I stand here, or Bill or Gary as they preach for us, or these men in our church, Garrett, but, uh, Kenny and, and all, when they stand up and preach, our goal is ever and always the same thing, to exalt, honor, magnify the Lord Jesus Christ in his person and in his work and to honor and magnify the true everlasting Jehovah, the Lord Jehovah, in his character as both a just God and a Savior. And we do that by following a simple method and a simple message. You know what that message involves? It's a declaration of peace. That's what we have here in these verses. It's a declaration of peace to all those to who? All those God the Father chose in everlasting covenant of grace before the foundation of the world. It's a declaration of peace to all those whom the Lord Jesus Christ, by His very obedience unto death, redeemed and justified at Calvary by His accomplished work. And it's a declaration of peace to all those whom God the Holy Spirit brings to true belief and true repentance and regeneration and conversion under the preaching of the gospel. You know, when our Lord Jesus Christ was born, as those shepherds were abiding in that field, tending their sheep, tending their flock, the angels appeared to them and declared to them what they declared, the birth of the Christ, the one that everybody had been looking for. And this was their words. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. When we see the glory of God, we cannot help but fear in our own person. But thank God the Lord doesn't let us fear long. The angel said unto them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and I love this one phrase, and on earth, peace. Goodwill toward man. Peace where? Peace in this promised Messiah. That's so important. You think about this. This peace declared by the angels... It wasn't a promise, a general amnesty to those sinners who would willingly lay down their arms and come to Him. It was in fact a declaration of what Christ would actually accomplish at Calvary on the behalf of all those given to Him by God the Father in everlasting covenant of grace. The Apostle Paul over in 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he declared this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I always like the way he words it. All things are become new. And all things 
are of God. All things work together for the same all things. Let's see, who hath reconciled us to himself. Not putting us in a reconcilable position. Not leaving us with any conditions to, to fulfill in order to be reconciled. He hath reconciled us to himself, how? By Jesus Christ. And hath given to you and me, what's he given to us? The ministry of reconciliation. You think about that. What we've been given? The ministry of reconciliation. We're not to beat people to death with the law. Huh? I always think about this. In our ministry of the gospel, it's not the wrath of God that leads men to repentance. What is it? It's the goodness of God. Huh? You're not going to get a sinner to come to somebody that's... Kenny says, that's got that sword of Damocles hanging up over your head. Right? You want to know that this God's at peace with you. That we can approach Him. That He is approachable. But now he goes on in verse 19 through 20 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul declares the terms of this reconciliation. Here they are. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Folks, that's the best news to a sinner that there is on the planet. There's some sinner somewhere that God's not imputing sin to. You know what David said? Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose iniquities are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Ever! <laughs> all that foolishness in my life this week, all the failure, all the unbelief, I told, I told Bill, I... If you would have saw me last weekend, it was worse last weekend, and the cable TV was out. Bill came in, he was under the weather, and I, I, I could hear him coughing at night. I didn't sleep at all that first night he got home. Scared that I had us going to the emergency room, and him in the hospital, and then Gary came in the next night, and it seemed like it got worse. He seemed to have, they was all going to the bathroom, and I was like, everybody's ill. My whole life's full. I was thinking, I'm going to have to get up there and preach this whole Bible conference. And I told him, I told him, sitting out back, me and Bill and Gary, I told him, I said, you know, I, I told him, it was just Bill's who I told this to. You know, I think about, we're to lay aside every weight, every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. And I told him, I said, not only have I not ever been able to lay aside every weight, but that sin that so readily overcomes me is the same one that overcomes us all. What is it? It's, it's worry. Unbelief. That's what, that's, you know, every, anytime you worry, anytime I worry, you know what that is? That's sinful unbelief. It's like we think that this thing is out from underneath this everlasting God's control. That we know better than Him how things should be. Talking to me. That he, like we talked about in the Sunday Bible class, our, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Not once. Listen, he cannot lie. The terms of reconciliation, what? 
God's not imputing our sins to him and had committed to us that word of reconciliation. We're telling sinners, I'm telling you this morning here, God has put away his people's sins. Can you rest in that? Well, I want to, but that's not resting in it. No conditions on it. Can you trust a God who you have not seen, who you have not heard his voice? who has promised that he was in Christ reconciling his people to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Can you rest in that this morning? Now then, we as ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Believe him. That's all I can do. I can call out. I, can't, I wish I could make you believe. All I can do is encourage you. Believe what he's saying. Here's the condition. The terms of this declaration of peace. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ spent a lot of time Comforting and encouraging his weary sheep during his earthly ministry, didn't he? How'd he do it? Didn't do it with the law. Matter of fact, everybody accused him what? They said he's against the law of Moses. What did he use to encourage and comfort his children? A simple declaration of peace. Listen to our Lord's words. In John chapter 14, he talked to those that he loved. Having loved his own, he loved them unto the end. He said to his apostles, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. The world's, I, I'm 65 years old. They've been looking for peace the whole 65 years I've been on the planet. Still can't find it. They promised peace, and what happened? Another war breaks out. I'm so sick of hearing about we're on the brink of World War III. If there is to be another World War, it's, it's on purpose. Not as the world giveth it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't you wish you could enter into that? <laughs> he said on another occasion, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And on another occasion, then the same day, this is after his, after his death, and the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Now they're scared to death. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, and the thing about it, he said, Peace be unto you. These, these 11 men gathered together, scared to death, these apostles. Peace be unto you. And then I love the way he did this. Then when he had said so, he showed unto him his hands and his side. And keep that in mind. He showed them his hands, said, declared peace to him, showed him his hands and his side. This is the first Sunday after our Lord's resurrection. 
Well, who wasn't there? Thomas wasn't there. And the apostles go out and they say, Thomas, the Lord's risen. What did Thomas say? Everybody jumps on Thomas. I'm not a defender of doubt and unbelief, but everybody jumps on Thomas. Thomas said, unless I thrust my hand into where the nails were in his hands and in his sides, I will not believe it. Well, one more. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, where's that put us back at? The next Sunday. Should have been there the previous time. After eight days again, his disciples were then, and Thomas is with them now. Came back for one this time. Keep that in mind. My sheep hear my voice, and they come unto me. He comes back for this one. The door being shut, and he stood in the midst of them, and he said, Peace be unto you. So the answer is what? Think about that. He said, peace be unto you. I didn't write enough. I stopped, I stopped writing the verses down. I knew there was more to that verse than that. <laughs> he said, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, reach hither to your finger. Remember, remember what he had showed, declared peace to his apostles and what did he do for them? Here's my hand in my side. View it. Be thou believing, right? Thomas just expressed the same thing that they got to, got to see. So our Lord comes to him and says, Here, stick your hand in, reach hither my thy hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but be believing. Thomas answered and said to him, What? My Lord and my God. So the answer to all the fear and all the dread we encounter in this world is as well as the remedy for our laziness. And our neglect of the things of God is found in what? A careful consideration of and a meditation on this blessed peace that we have been freely given in our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says in verse 3 of our text. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. These words translated perfect peace in the English, they're so important. In the original, both these words, both perfect, translated perfect, translated peace, they're the same Jewish word. Shalom. You ever heard that word before? What does it mean? Well, that word translated, Hebrew word translated shalom means tranquility, quietness, and contentment. So the prophet tells us, Thou wilt keep him in tranquility, in quietness, and in contentment. Not once, but what? Twice. The same exact word. I think it's interesting that Jehovah isn't just content to just keep us in peace, but what kind of peace does he bring to his children? Double peace. Huh? <laughs> 
Kind of like Isaiah 40, verse 1 and 2. Not just comfort my people. What is he? Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Why? We need the comfort, don't we? We always do. This pronouncement of double peace expresses the certainty of it. But it's essential that we realize that the only way any sinner has peace with God is how? Through or by the blood of Christ, by his actual work of reconciliation, is our substitute, surety, representative, and redeemer. Paul put it like this, Therefore being, and that word being means literally having, literally translated having been, therefore having been justified, declared righteous, now what? By faith, by God-given faith, since we're declared righteous, by God-given faith, what do we have? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that the ground has been established of our reconciliation, not vice versa. See, it's by faith or by believing, which is the fruit and effect of Christ's righteousness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That phrase, we have, means to have or to hold in the hand in the sense of where. I've been married to my wife for 43, almost 44 years, right? Is that right? Or you're neglected. That's what I'm saying, 43. I, got I remember standing down the pulpit in Albany, and I said we was married 42 years, and it was 43, so... Outside of when they may have made me take this thing off for the three colonoscopies I had when I had surgery, I never take my wedding band off my finger. Never. Don't take it off at night. Don't take it off when I bathe. You'd think it would wear out as much as I've done in it. But it, this, this is a confirmation to me of the fact that she and I are husband and wife. And that's what he's saying. This faith that God gives us, what does it do? It is a confirmation of who and what we are by virtue of our oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have and we hold it. We rest in it. We rely upon it. And even though this peace isn't always felt, and it's not, and even though it's not always enjoyed in the soul like it should be, nonetheless, it's always perfect peace. It's peace, peace between God and his people based on the only hope and cause of reconciliation, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Here's the next thing. Even though it's God alone who's both willing and able to keep his children in peace, peace, you know it's our responsibility to use the means God has given us to provoke or to motivate us to always consider and think on him. Notice what he says. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That word translated mind, it's a reference to what? It's, it's a reference to the purpose or to the imagination or to the intellectual framework of a man. It's our soul. So our intellectual framework, what makes you and me 
men who think and women who think and breathe and contemplate and believe and rest, rely. What are we to do? It's to be stayed, which literally means, that word stayed means to support or brace oneself upon. What's it to be supported and braced upon? On him. On him alone. And the scriptures, they always interpret themselves if we'll just listen. I know several years ago, and it's been a long time ago, I think it was 2011, I started a series. Everybody asked me after I quit. I think I got through about the first seven chapters of Leviticus, and then I quit. But we encountered the same word in Leviticus that's translated stayed here in our text. Here it is. If his offering be a burnt offering, a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And here's the word translated stay in our text this morning. And he shall put. He shall put. That's four English words, but same word, stay. He shall put his hands upon the burnt offering. And it shall be accepted for him to make an atonement. Now listen to me closely here, because this is so important. The peace in this in this this verse in Leviticus, the peace of mind of the offerer rested in what? It rested in the knowledge that God accepted the burnt offering in his place for an atonement. His peace didn't rest in his faith. This is so important. It didn't rest in his obedience in bringing the burnt sacrifice. And it didn't even rest in his offering it. His peace rested in the fact that there would be an atonement or a reconciliation, as the word means, by that which that offering typified. What did, what did the true child of God, when he went to the temple and did this act, placed his hands or stayed his hands on that burnt offering? What was he testifying? Did he believe that burnt offering was going to put away his sin? We know better than that because the whole book of Hebrews, what does it tell us? It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should put away sin. What were they looking to? Same thing we're looking to. The great reconciler. The Savior of sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul put it like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. On this earth. Look at the last part of verse 3 and 4 of our text. Because he trusteth in thee. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You don't get anything else this morning, you get this. Our peace is attained and it's maintained by the one in whom we trust. I love the way verse 4 encourages every true child of God. Let me give you a, a literal translation of this verse. Have confidence in Jehovah, even to eternity. 
for Jah. This is the way it's actually written, for Jah, J-A-H, which is the proper name of God. It means the self-existing one is an everlasting rock. Jehovah is an everlasting rock. Brings to my mind the words Paul used concerning a rock. And they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. Also can't help but think of what Peter, our Lord said to Peter after his great confession. He said to him, I say unto you, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not Peter, Christ himself, on this rock, I'll build my church on Christ. And where this foundation is, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gates of hell shall not fail against it. It's upon this rock that God's church lives, survives, thrives, and goes forth as a conquering army in an unregenerate world. Our Lord said this, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew and beat upon the house, but it fell not. For it was founded on what? It was founded on the rock. In closing, let me ask this all-important question. How are the minds of God's children stayed? Because that's what we need. How, how are our minds stayed? What's the means for it? Well, like we said earlier, our minds are stayed through the use of all the means, the active use of all the means God has so graciously given us. First of all, here's, here's a means, following him in believer's baptism. If we've rested in Christ as the Lord our righteousness and we rest in his blood and righteousness alone as our only hope and cause of salvation, what are we to do? We're to identify with him and follow him in believer's baptism. How do we stay our minds on him? Prayer. Think about that a lot. How often should you pray? Our Lord spoke a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not faint. Peter, Paul put it even this way in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. I tell you what, I, I, can, I can promise you, if you're in prayer, you're, less, you're, you're more likely to have your mind stayed on him than if you're not in prayer. Study of his word. How many of us, through the week, we came last week, listen, how many times did we pick this book up, which is God's love letter to us and read it this week? I watched a lot of softball this week. Watched my Oklahoma Sooners two nights in a row, three nights this week. Whole base softball game. Uh, you add up the time, and I guarantee the time I sat in front of that computer and sat studying God's Word probably doesn't match up to that. That's a tragedy. It is. Active attendance and participation in worship where two or three are gathered together. Because he's told us where two or three are gathered together in my name, what's he going to do? I'll manifest my name in their presence. By actively partaking of the Lord's table every time it's celebrated. Two ordinances, baptism 
Lord's table, both instituted by our God and given to us by our Lord for our nurture and admonition. By sharing the gospel with others. Paul said, Peter said, be ready always, give an answer to every man that asketh thee a reason of the hope that was in, is in thee. I can promise you this much, it's only as we use the means constantly supporting and bracing our minds that we're so prone to depart. We brace our minds on the things of God. God will in turn, you know what he'll do? He'll fulfill his precious promise to keep us in perfect peace. Let me read you this and we'll quit. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That word literally means don't be anxious about anything. <laughs> you smile. I know. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, good or bad, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And Here it is. And the peace of God. You do that. The peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. What is that? That's Christ. That's the only thing I know fits every one of those things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the peace of God shall keep you. You want peace of mind? I know I desperately do. I thought it would get easier the older I got. It don't get no easier. It really doesn't. I tell you, if it's, that's our desire, use the means. Use the means God's given you. That's not salvation by works, and it's not salvation conditioned on the sinner. It's the way God has determined to bring peace to our minds at all times and in every situation. May our hearts and our minds ever be stayed on Him. Okay? Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. I appreciate your presence. Bless you and keep you till we see you next Lord's Day. But if you would dismiss us, please. Father, we thank you now for the story of this man. We thank you for the peace, the peace of mind. We thank you for.